You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Making Money Online is sponsored by Nicola J. Rowley PR, helping entrepreneurs and brands get visible through strategic storytelling. If you're serious about being seen and impacting the lives of others, harnessing the power of PR is the best way to grow and scale your business. Visit njrpr.com for more details and read Nicola's best-selling book, The Power of PR. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Making Money Online. I've got a really interesting episode today. It's actually the first time that I've had two guests rather than just one guest on. And what I've decided to do is bring two more people that have been in business around the same time as me. So we've all been in business around the five years mark, one in corporate, one in entrepreneurship, um, both online, so that we can have a real discussion around the challenges that we've faced in the last five years and where we go from here, what we're seeing now with our own clients, what we're seeing with our own businesses and how we think the landscape is changing and what that means for you guys as well and what you can learn from us um, if you haven't been in business for five years because we all have those challenges and, and you know on this podcast I like to tell the truth about things and, and not pretend that everything's always been rosy because that just isn't how business works. So let me introduce to you my two guests today. First I have Jen Fennick. Jen helps modern leaders set themselves up for success in their first 90 days. And these are corporate leaders in, in new leadership roles. I've also got Becky Lloyd-Pack, who helps women who are the face of their brand simplify their message and create really binge-worthy content. So welcome to the podcast, ladies. Awesome to be Thank here. You. So let's start off, first of all, Jen, with you, I presume that when you got into business, you worked in corporate already. That's generally how, how it happens for people that then have their own business helping people in corporate. What made you decide to take that leap and have your own business? Oof. So <laughs> my boob tried to kill me. <laughs> what? <laughs> No, we should be having gin, not tea, but um, no. Um, so yes, yeah, so I, I had a corporate career spanning kind of 15 years and I'd moved up to kind of global, I had a global leadership role. And at the age of 35, I found out that I had breast cancer. So like curveball, well, curveball is maybe an understatement, but uh, you know, so kind of rode a wild ride of 11 months of treatment. When I came out the other side, realized I was completely burnt out by corporate life. Um, thought I really need to do something bold and courageous because actually I'm feeling quite courageous right now. And what does that look like? Um, and I've been a coach from as a teenager, you know, through to you know coaching through organisations, and it was just a thing that I wanted to do day in day out. So it was it's like I'm feeling bold and courageous. I need to do something bold and courageous. Corporate life's not working. What does it look like? And it just all came down to coaching. So <laughs> I, what I love is that in a lot of these podcasts some adversity happens and generally something amazing comes out of that adversity and I love that because we never see that when we're in it we don't realize that it might you know adversity might be helping us to choose a path that we're actually supposed to be on which is so cool Becky what about you what made you start your business well, it's interesting, really, because I actually don't have a story that actually it's adversity that informed the decision. I used to work in the film industry for over eight years on movies like Mission Impossible, The Avengers, Fantastic Beasts. So very much on paper was living the dream. 
uh, and my husband was uh, shooting a movie in America at the time and my parents were around in London and had a spare ticket to a self-development event. And I at the time was like, why am I coming to this? But I had no valid excuse not to go. <laughs> um, so I went along like, oh, I'm perfectly happy. I'm going to get nothing from this weekend. Uh, and on like the second day, we did this visualization exercise where you went and like met your younger self. And I did it and I was like, oh, four-year-old Becky is not impressed with me at all. Because really when it, I looked at it um, with that bit of distance, I realized that, you know, I'd always wanted to write books and do really creative things. And although I was working in a creative industry, I'd essentially got to the top of the ladder and was ultimately just managing spreadsheets and dealing with like grumpy directors and things like that. So it was just this moment of like, I need to change. Something needs to happen. And I really just felt this intuitive tug to just change. So I literally rang my husband and I was like, I'm going to quit my job. I think I'm just going to start a business and I'm just going to figure it out as I go. Do you support me? And he said, hundred percent. Yes. And, and that was it. Wow. I think two weeks later, I did like an internet business course and was like, let's just see where this goes. And yeah, four years in and I'm still here four and a half, five years. So yeah. Wow. That's an amazing story. And when you both first started, like we have all good intentions when we first start. And I don't think we realize how hard business is when you first start up on your own. You think, you know, you get a website out there and you'll, you'll, you'll learn some stuff and then you'll get some clients. And I don't know about you guys, but that didn't happen with me. Like my first business was a wedding planning business and it was, it was real hard work. How, what were your biggest challenges? Would you say when you first started starting with you, Jen? Well, do you know, it's interesting because I've, the first year, I think because I'd come off the back of quite a wild ride, I actually found the first year actually to be quite, <laughs> I'd say quite calm and, you know, empowering just because I took the pressure off. I took, because actually that's why I'd left corporate. So I kind of was, I said to myself, like, you, you just be playful with it, you know. So I gave myself permission for 12 months to be playful and just to see who needed me. Because I think, well, we all know coaching is awesome, but it's really tricky. If you want to market it, you have to find a bit of where you, you know. Your niche. Absolutely. So I kind of had spent 12 months being playful with it. My greatest challenges came later. (laughs) Oh, wow. And do you think that's because you'd already gone through such a big challenge that actually nothing felt like much of a challenge compared? Yeah, and I think I was just loving the freedom and flexibility and the, the glorious spaciousness of not having back-to-back meetings I was just I was really making the most of it and I think but then as I grew all of a sudden I put more pressure on myself because it's like to maintain the growth that was the pressure that was and it was the pressure I put on myself yeah I think a really good point to bring out there is this playfulness I think that business should be fun and we should be able to play with it and often we're so led by goals and targets and revenue figures that we don't play as much and I remember in 2020 I'd always wanted to play with affiliate launches and to see if I could do one and I'd never dared because if it hadn't worked then my trajectory of growth that everyone was looking at because I was you know I'd grown into this sort of big name and I thought if I didn't do it right everyone would go oh look that failed and then suddenly I was able to play because I could blame coronavirus so I had this year where I was like if it goes wrong and I can just play with everything if it goes wrong I can just say well you know it's 2020 and so I did and it took my business you know into the multi-millions just from playing just from giving it a go so I think it's really important that you take on board that play state because it does work really really well and what about you, Becky? What were the challenges that you found or did yours come later too? 
Well, it's interesting. I'd say mine, I didn't realize at the time what they were, but it's only on reflection that it's, it's really kind of come to light. And I think the biggest thing I struggled with was doing what I thought I should be doing versus what actually felt good and right for me. I describe myself as being insatiably curious. So I love to learn. I loved. So in those early days, I was like soaking up as much information as I possibly could and very much kind of doing what I thought I should do to create a successful, thriving business. Uh, and that goes through to me with the marketing and messaging too, saying things that I thought I should be saying, using tactics, which I knew intuitively for me felt wrong, didn't feel good at all, but thought that that's what I had to do to be successful. But because of that misalignment, I really struggled to get consistent clients in that first year because there was always this element, now I can say on reflection and coaching, of self-sabotage because actually I didn't really buy into or believe a lot of what I was saying and the way that I was doing it. And I know that very much then related to people obviously being able to sense that disconnect. Mm -hmm. And although like I always, I've always managed to sustain clients throughout but it was never it never felt easy and I felt like I had to be online 24 7 hustling 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 to actually make a sale and felt like I was in convincing energy a lot of the time uh, rather than where I'm at now with a lot more work of like no no no, I have confidence I know what I do you're in alignment now yeah that's it I think I resonate massively with that because that's what happened to me at the beginning of my journey is that I was taught by people to do things a certain way I had a coach that basically told me to lie a lot Mm -hmm. online Mm -hmm. um, and to say that I was earning more than I was and then more people would want to work with me and to you know make out I had more experience than I did and all of these kind of tactics and and we've seen, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast or you will know the kind of tactics that I I don't like. Mm -hmm. And I was using all of those in the first couple of months because that's what I was told to do. And a lot of us are taught a certain way. And actually when we get rid of all of that, we stop looking at what the industry's idea of success is and what the industry tells us we should do and get rid of that should and instead do what feels really aligned to us. It just works. And actually people told me it wouldn't. It won't work Mm -hmm. if you don't do any of these things. These are the things, the urgency and all of this. These are the things that make people buy. And I kind of just couldn't sleep at night. And so I changed it to what Mm -hmm. felt good to me and how it felt good selling to me, like aligned. And everything worked much better. Um, But we can only see that when we look back, can't we? Because we just do what other people do when we first start, because we can only do what we see. I also think we actually have to try these things a lot of the time. Like you don't know until you've actually given it a go and tried it on. And sometimes I think there's, we can confuse like being scared and discomfort. We can sometimes label that as like, oh, I don't know if that's in alignment for me. And it's like, actually, I'm just scared. And it's easier to say that. So I think there is an element of like one of my mantras that I say all the time is messy action. And I live and breathe it still to this day. So I think there's um, being able to actually try something and go, oh, I really don't like this as opposed to it's just uncomfortable, but I actually do like it. So I think there is an element of being able to push yourself beyond that uh, and just get involved. And you do have to push yourself a bit. Like, I'm sure you must have felt that as well, Jen, like especially in with corporate, you do have to push yourself out of your comfort zone. Like one of the things that I really didn't want to do 
I knew I didn't want to do it is speaking. And I'd say, well, I don't want to be one of those people that stand on stages. And I tell myself these stories, like, I don't want to be one of them. They're like so showy. And actually I would have loved to stand on stage. I was just too scared to do it. And so I gave myself really good reasons why I shouldn't do it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think so, because I work with corporate leaders who are navigating new roles. So they're moving into new roles of all levels, you know, first time leader through to first time CEO. And it's like, and I think what I went through in starting my business was kind of kind of having to, get rid of kind of old old stories and baggage and you know and getting again out of that comfort zone and you know evolving and that's what leaders are having to do as well you know actually we do carry a lot of crap and you know there's so many people that throughout our careers and businesses that tell us how we should be doing things and how we should be operating but it's so powerful and empowering to find our way like what what is aligned to us and what what does our authentic voice sound like, you know? And that was, that took me a while to find that because I was kind of just, I was still talking the kind of corporate lingo. It didn't feel comfortable. And actually it was really interesting because I think when I started posting things on LinkedIn, that's kind of where, you know, where my clients hang out. And, you know, when I started posting things on LinkedIn in those early days and I was still posting things kind of with that corporate lingo, I wasn't really getting the engagement. And it wasn't until I just started stop stopped holding myself back and just really showed up openly as you me you know that all of a sudden things transformed like and oh it was just and then the sense of community and people trust the trust and oh it was just yeah because they see you I think and I think that it's really hard to do that especially when you've come from a jargon filled background like I remember doing all the training like a bit like what you did Becky like every webinar and like just that Mm self-development of wanting to learn everything and I picked up all the lingo from it and picked up all the jargon and then when I started writing my website I was saying things on the website like do you want more abundance and then I went to this workshop and the person said read out loud what you've said on your website if you would go to a friend and use that phrase, then fine, keep it on there. And as if I'd ever go to a friend and go, would you like more abundance in your life? You just go, do you want more money? <laughs> I, I don't know why yeah. I wrote it. So then I changed it to, do you want to make some more money? And it was like, so oh, then everyone was like, yeah, that is what I want. Like no one even knew what abundance meant then. It was ridiculous. But I do think we pick up these things that we shouldn't. We should just be mm-hmm. us. Talk how, like one of my, the reasons that I think I've been successful is because I talk like me, whether I'm in a street, whether I'm on a webinar or whether, you know, I'm writing an email, I just be the same person all the time, which actually is easier because there's a lot of people that aren't that, that have a persona online mm-hmm. isn't who they are but the ease of just being you all the time such a lovely way of doing it yeah. um yeah what have you seen over the last four to five years what do you think are the biggest changes that have happened in the online industry starting with you becky so for me i think it's it's a lot of change that's happened very quickly i would say and the way in which we communicate and the places in which we communicate it's just not the same even if it as it was two years ago never mind five years ago and I think it's the way that we consume information the way that we want to um get to know people and get to know brands authenticity it's one of those words I have a real love hate relationship with it's an absolute buzzword and everybody says it but it doesn't stop it being true I think we really do need to show up as our authentic selves, which I know sounds a bit, 
And sometimes I just want to caveat based on what we said before as well, that can take time. It's not necessarily you can just flick a switch and be yourself. I myself had years of good girl conditioning and perfect student that I had to essentially unlearn over a period of time. So sometimes it's easy to listen to these things and think, oh, you know, just be yourself. And it's like, but who am I? That can be a long process. But in terms of the online space, like I know in 2020, it's when I had some of my biggest success months like money wise and it all came from Instagram and it came from Instagram lives and Instagram stories and it was just incredible for me but that has completely changed now and even back in April of this year I had to we were moving house moving across the country my husband got COVID I basically had to take a month off business to just deal with life stuff and I came back and essentially my business had just stopped because I wasn't able to be online 24 seven. Like I wasn't on Instagram. So I had no leads coming in. I had no interest. And it was just a massive wake up call for me to really diversify how people could discover me, how they could interact with my content when I'm not there. And I think before it was almost this like nice to have so that you can take time off but you still could hustle your way on Instagram to get success. Whereas now I just don't see that that works in the same way. It's, it's not a nice to have anymore. It's an absolute requirement um, for people to be able to navigate their own journey with you and not require you to go like to be physically present and selling. It's just, it's unsustainable and it doesn't work anymore. It it doesn't work. And I mean, I have a a program called Visible and what we teach in Visible is to be consistent and not constant. And the reason we do that is because constant doesn't work. And that's how so many people are still trying to get their leads is by like, here I am, I'm here, I'm talking to you. When actually Mm -hmm. I've had months off not being on social media and no one's even realized because there's so much you can do to be present while not actually being present. Mm -hmm. Um, Just things like one of the biggest things I wish I did earlier was have an email list. I started on Facebook. I didn't even have an email list for the first year. And now I look back and think, what a waste. Like there's so much you can do when you have that email list. And there's so many different ways now of showing up that are automated that make your mm-hmm. life easier I think that's such a big one the landscape is definitely changing the area and actually you're right it isn't even five years even if you look back six months ago things have changed in how mm-hmm. you show up and we're still seeing things change now in the way of launching people are still trying to launch like they did a year ago and it doesn't work like it's, mm-hmm. it's completely changed but I think that's a good thing like we have to be on our toes, don't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> what about you, Jen? What have you seen that has changed in your kind of world in the last five years? I guess everything's become more virtual, you know, and that's why obviously for a period it was all virtual. And with that created, you know, opportunities, but then there's also a, a fatigue with that. You know, and a lot of my clients are also feeling quite isolated, feeling, you know, more, actually more lonely. I actually did a poll recently and, you know, um, 84% of leaders in my network were saying that they were feeling more isolated or lonely since the pandemic had hit. Wow. And then you think about the impact of that. And I've, you know, I've, so it's just this, I think for me, it's definitely, it's been really interesting because people are quite fatigued by because while they're meeting heavy like you know organizations and people are constantly on zoom and constantly um so and people are also finding that things are quite transactional you know actually you know people are being sold to constant feel that they're being sold to there's like you know it's just 
the same old stuff. So you have to, again, kind of lean into, yeah, more about um, how, how you're visible, you know, where you're visible. Um, and for me, it's definitely been around kind of community, can, human connection, um, you know, uh, I sat, did a podcast again to be able to showcase, you know, role models, like, you know, to raise the visibility of role models, you know, that because I think a lot sometimes you see role models or people online and it's not, it doesn't necessarily showcase the full scope of um, leaders and yeah. role models um, that there are. It's maybe sometimes the loudest voices that people see. It definitely is the loudest voices that people see. And actually there are some people doing some really big, exciting things that aren't, you know the loudest voices out there they're just slowly getting on with it and focusing on what they do and I love finding those people you will see on this podcast that we we don't have many giant names we have people that are doing really good things in business that they might not be shouting about as much as they should be absolutely so trying to find those opportunities to do that um in a virtual fatigued world right. do you think some of it is during kind of like the whole pandemic side in the last couple of years do you think we've forgotten how to relationship build oh i i think so um well i mean well i don't know becky what would you did you would you get that do you get that feedback as well yes and no i think we do intuitively know how to do it but it's a case of over or getting used to the way that it's different online and in person because it is very different like i know with 99% 99% of the people I speak to, my clients as well, if I put them in a room with somebody, they could totally explain what they do with ease. They could totally create that real authentic connection. But the minute that we pop them online, they'll just stick like their phone camera in front of their face. We completely change. So I think it's actually about learning how to be comfortable and actually the skills that you do already intuitively have it's the same online as it is in person. You don't, but I think like weirdly, especially if you have like the selfie kind of mode on, you're seeing your own face and you're like, it's hard. I'm sat in a, yeah, I'm sat in a room on my own speaking to myself essentially. What? So I think it is just an element of accepting, yeah, this is a really weird way to do it. It's not how we're biologically wired, but I still think we can learn and we just have to be intentional about it rather than just you know, thinking, I'll just say what I see other people doing. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I think that intention is right. And and I think that relationship building doesn't have to be constantly like one to lots of people. Like, I think we've forgotten how to just say, do you want a coffee? Do you want a coffee and to chat about something? We feel like we can't do that anymore. And actually yeah. some of my, my partners and people that I have great collaborations with have come from me just doing that. And I wouldn't even think twice about doing that if I was in a you know, an in-person event or something saying, oh, we should get for a coffee sometime. But I find that much more difficult to do online, like just to message someone and say, I really like what you're doing. Let's go for a coffee or whatever. Um, because it does feel more transactional, I think, online than than in person. And actually yeah. something I've definitely, you know, observed and heard is that people, you know, just the just the chit chat, you know, actually, you know, just talking about how to, how to, to convey different parts of yourself or to ask questions of others people really struggle with that they 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 think you know in person all of a sudden it's like you know how or even virtually how do we you know how do we show who we are yeah you know because we just get straight down to business or straight into 
the topic you know yeah it is like that isn't it it's so interesting I think that um in person is coming back in a big way I think people like love it mm. right now um we've put a few things out and they've like solved within seconds because people just want to be in a room with other people which I like but I'm not used to so it's like it, mm. getting us used to being around other people again and I think I've turned slightly introverted in the pandemic so I used to love being around lots and lots of people and now I find it quite intimidating sometimes Mm-hmm. How do you find mm-hmm. out if you go to an in-person event, you know, are you buzzing afterwards or do you, are you, yeah. Yeah, I do like it. Like when I've been on a stage or anything like that, I'm buzzing afterwards. I find it tricky sometimes. So I, I was at something a few weeks ago where people had come to see me and afterwards there were about 70 people and afterwards everybody wanted a photo and everybody wanted mm. a hug. And I'm, I find that tricky. Like that makes me want to run away. <laughs> I I mean it's lovely I love that people want to you know have a chat with me about what they're doing and I love hearing what they're doing but it can feel intimidating having lots of people around me at one time and it never used to so it's definitely a I've got used to just being behind my screen kind of thing Mm -hmm. but I suppose we'll all get used to real life again eventually (laughs) so I would love for you to sum up if your ideal client was listening right now and they had a problem, what would that problem be? And how could you help them? Starting with Becky. So the problem that my ideal clients always have is that they, that in their head, they know what makes them special. They know what makes them great. They just simply cannot articulate it. They just cannot put the words to it. And the minute someone says, hey, what do you do? There's this moment of, and they'll follow some generic I help statement or formula and say these really conceptual words that don't mean much. That is inevitably the problem that my people face. They cannot get the words out of their brain and out of their mouth in a way that actually makes sense and emotionally engages and resonates with the people that they're talking to. And the way that I approach this, I mean, to be honest, this is what my whole <laughs> business and all my offers around supporting people with. But I think the best way to start this is to honestly give yourself the space to get it wrong a lot mm-hmm. and to try different things and to be curious about it and to engage in real conversations with real humans. And I know it's terrifying, but actually even just having a conversation with another individual who could be your potential client, your potential ideal person to work with, and actually just listening to what they're saying and using that as the basis for your own message to respond to them. Because a lot of the time, when you are the face of your business, I say lovingly to everybody, it's really easy for our ego to get involved and for us to want to say things that sound impressive because it makes us feel good. It's like, ha ha, I do this thing. I do this fancy thing. And it sounds really, really great. But actually a lot of the time that just confuses people. And so it's really understanding that your business is not your whole identity. It does not define the whole of who you are. It is purely an aspect of what you do. And so letting your business be your business. And this is where my, um, my background in film, like when you make films, it's 100% audience focused. It is very much on like, how can we entertain, engage, deliver a message to these people? And I think more of us, 
when you're the face of your brand, we do need to create a bit of a separation between our brand and our business and who we are as a human. And it's it's really hard to do. Yeah, it's really <laughs> it's hard to do. something that I still have to work on. Me too. Um, but I think, yeah, that creating that separation of my I help statement does not have to sum up the entirety of who I am as a human being. It can just be... It can be simple, but we have to have the courage to let it be simple. And you help people do that. And where can people find you? Absolutely. So I'm on Instagram uh, at Becky Lloyd Pat. Uh, my website is storybydesign.co. My big thing is I've got a hybrid program, which is a mix of uh, self-led creation. So online learning, but also with one-to-one sessions with me as well. So not only do you learn how to do it, but you also actually get the reassurance and help that you know you're doing it right. Yeah, get a bit of hand-holding with it, which is what people need sometimes, isn't it? Brilliant. Mm -hmm. I will put that in the show notes so that people can go and find you as well. What about you, Jen? Like if your ideal client walked in right now, what would they say is their biggest issue? Oh, I love it. <laughs> They've just, uh, just just signed a, signed a contract about start a juicy new leadership role. So regardless of level, you know, um, they've just signed the contract and they've gone from that kind of excited uh, interview, you know, um, setting the scene as far as their vision and all the exciting things that they're going to achieve when they start. And then as day one is looming, there's maybe a few sleepless nights. They're thinking they're going from kind of the excited to the, oh my God, about what have I <laughs> Like, <laughs> what have I just signed up for? Have I bitten off more than I can chew? You know, and it's kind of that kind of that discomfort that we all, that's completely human and natural. Um, I help them navigate that. So I, yeah, I work with leaders to be that sounding board, that protector of headspace, that kind of coach as they navigate those really tricky first 90 days um, amazing uh, kind of yeah less overwhelm more impact <laughs> yeah having a plan and um, yeah. where is the best place for people to find you LinkedIn that's where I live <laughs> that's where I live over <laughs> so LinkedIn Jen Fennec um, I've also got a podcast chats with leaders um, so I interview leaders all over the globe which is really cool even just to drop me an email if they listen to this you know Jen at jenfennec.com yeah I'd love to chat Amazing. Ladies, it's been lovely to talk to you. It's always nice to talk business um, with fellow entrepreneurs. I will put in the show notes all of your links so that people can go over and just say hi and um, get to know you a little bit better. But thank you for being here today. Thank you for having us. No worries. (laughs) (laughs) And um, thank you guys for listening. As always, if you've liked what you've heard today, I would love you to leave us a little review. Tell us what you thought of it. And I'll be back next week with another episode of Making Money Online. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get your hands on my brand new book that's coming soon, then you can pre-order now and get lots of juicy bonuses. All you need to do is go to makemoneyonlinebook.co.